T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. In my opinion, I think the Chicago Bears would be idiots to trade Justin Fields. Idiots. Period. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Well, you know, you never know with the Bears what choice they'd make or how well, much I'm with they, Peter King. do I, they want to be kind of idiotic. Well, you never they, know. It, yeah, an idiotic past doesn't mean they're going to necessarily have right, right. idiocy in the future. But that's now everywhere. Like half of the, you know, half of the time you're reading stuff, you, um, well, I think you're hearing the, a lot of that. Just that. You know, but I believe that the as an option, the option that is explored about trading Justin Fields has as much to do with the need to fill yes programming for television networks. I agree. Maybe even sports talk radio stations, or whatever the case may clickbait. be. It is. There's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of clickbait value, or or however you want to describe it. But yes. that is the explaining a lot of this conversation and speculation about whether the Bears should trade Justin Fields, the quarterback they just built a def- an offense around midseason, and he emerged as uh, a guy that is a special talent. So now they're going to trade a franchise quarterback they've never had. I don't get the logic, even though I understand the exercise. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's a, a little bit illogical. I guess the only thing you could say is if they wanted to, like, bare bones rebuild it, they could get buy more time with a five-year rookie deal from a different player. I'm tired of buying time. I want to see victories. Listen, I'm, I'm not – I am obviously not promulgating they do such a I know, thing. I'm I know, telling you, I know. that's the only argument exactly. that would You're make right. any kind of sense. They want their own guy, and they want their own time frame. There were some NFL stories over the weekend I want to ask your opinion on. Yes. Because there are some really compelling headlines, starting with the quarterback position in the division, Aaron Rodgers, and where our guy, our, you know, Bob McGinn has covered the Packers for a very long time. Right. And he doesn't throw things out there just to throw things out there. He was on a podcast with Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com, 
friend of the program, Tyler Dunn, sure. done a terrific job over many years, a very gifted, talented features writer, also good, good reporter. But Bob was on with Tyler Dunn and said that the Packers are fed up with Aaron Rodgers and they're done with him. Disgusted with him is the quote. They're done with him and they're moving on. Totally convinced, in McGinn's words, that Rodgers won't be back as the starter. Um, yeah, I you know, I saw that, and obviously we both know Bob very well, and Bob's a, you know, as you say, a longtime guy, very tied into the franchise. Um I I find that fascinating. It does bother me a little bit because I don't want Aaron Rodgers eating up a spot somewhere. Um but the good news is, even if he leaves, it's not like they're going to go out for a replacement. They would. They're going to go with Jordan Love. Jordan yes. Love. The reason yes. they're fed up is because maybe they're tired of waiting to well, see what they I, have. They, they, I mean, they devoted a first-round draft pick for Jordan Love. Yeah, he's been like that forever, though. Aaron Rodgers, right? Football diva. Oh my God, it's he's, exhausting. It's, it is. It's got to be exhausting you know, to manage him. Is he out of darkness? Is he? I think he might heart, be there this week. We don't is know. Is he at the heart of darkness? Nobody knows. He said nobody he knows. Was, you see him ripping Schefter and Ian yeah. Rappaport last week on the yeah. Tank Top uh, Punter uh, yeah. podcast. Yeah. Uh, all right. So bottom, he lives for the attention, and then he makes fun of it. He'd be. He's going to be great in New York. Wouldn't it be let, to see how let, the New York media handles let's him? Let's listen to this. Let's listen to this. This is him dissing the media. What? Oh, yesterday. What? Nope. This thing has been planned for about four months, and it was always the same date, always the end of this week. Oh. So anybody with knowledge to the opposite of that, it's fake news. Whoa. So let me just reiterate one more time. There's an inner circle, right? And in my inner circle, nobody talks to Ian Rappaport, to Adam Schefter, or to any of those people. Okay. So if you're one of those people who's talking to those people, it's a great reminder for you, you're not in the inner circle. Oh! Damn. That was a hang on oh, somebody there. Yeah. And if anybody else is out there saying stuff, or if they're just making it up, which is also, those are both likely, um, just stop with the fake news. So, again, fake news. Uh, those who say don't know, and those who know don't say. There you go. That's, That's a good way to summarize. The Aaron Rodgers conundrum. I I think what we're looking at, if this is indeed not fake news from Bob McGinn and the Packers are fed up and moving on, the division next year looks like where's who's got the most stable quarterback situation in the NFC North? Jared Goff? That's probably as sure of a bet as anything. Kirk Cousins? Well, yeah, you're going to win 12 to 13 games, but forget about the playoffs. The Bears and you just- could say the same thing about Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, well, perhaps. And Jordan Love, what what is he going to be if he's finally given the chance to be the starter for the Packers? Or you look at the Bears with Justin Fields and building around him, winning because of him. I think it's very interesting to see what could be a very uneven, uncertain NFC North at the quarterback position if indeed Aaron Rodgers moves on and the Packers are as disgusted as Bob McGinn kind of indicates. I, it could be could be happening. Could yes, be closer. Yes, it that'd could. be fun. That that's you know that would be that would be fine. I think by anybody in Chicago. Yeah, I think so. Right, it's time. Yeah, it's Off time. Off you go. Let me ask you about another quarterback 
related situation headline over the weekend, and it might have been on Friday, but uh, Eric Bieniemy was hired by the Washington Commanders as the assistant head coach, yes. offensive coordinator, play caller. They're bringing him in. He's leaving the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I think we both can agree that based on the hires of this offseason, uninspired hires by the Arizona Cardinals, even the Indianapolis Colts, you wonder if Eric Bieniemy was passed over yet again. I don't think you have to wonder. It has happened. It is true. And there's an element of injustice at play here. Question is, how surprised were you that he went to the Washington Commanders? What is he? What was the appeal there? Why there? If you would have guessed somewhere to go, what, why do you think he chose Ron Rivera's team? Well, I think it's an available job, and I think they've been trying to move him out of Kansas City for a little bit, and I think that he needs to move out. It's probably for his own good. He needs to go there and win and you know, just run a good offense in order to get the head coaching job that's been denied him for whatever reason. So I am happy for him because clearly he's watched a lot of people get jobs, including, as you say, two guys from the team he beat. And and I <laughs> I know who they I know who they are. I'm aware of the jobs, but I would guess that if we gave a quiz to our listeners, they'd have a hard time picking those guys out of a lineup. I think they would. You're not going to find many people who were just, well, I'll bet you I'll, I'll bet you next uh, month's mortgage payment that Jonathan Gannon is going to get a head coaching job. Yeah, this yes. was a, a bit of a yes. surprise. What the Cardinals did is mysterious. They had a quarterback in place that is now their franchise quarterback in Kyler Murray, and they had that would have made sense for them to pursue a guy like Eric Bieniemy, and they didn't. Now, I talked to somebody last week, and I know you talked to a lot of people around the league, mm-hmm. Molly, the, the perception, and I don't know if it's the reality, but the perception is that everyone comes back to Eric Bieniemy doesn't interview well. Okay, maybe, but... Wasn't do, that said about Ron? Ron Rivera didn't interview well until he got a job and, and the Carolina Panthers took a chance on him and ended up t- you know, winning the NFC several years later. Yeah, you're right. That was a knock on him back in 2006 before he was a head coach. So, and you're, are you telling me that these guys, Jonathan Gannon with due respect, Shane Steichen in, in Indianapolis, did they blow people away at the interview? Or what is it about their past, as young as they are, that convinces the, the owners that hired them that they're going to be great head coaches? It's a great question. It's a great question. Um, I don't know the answer to it. I don't know. I mean, I think that... What happened was they they had this phenomenal year. Everybody wants a piece of success. There is a feeling that whatever you're doing in Kansas City works because the quarterback, because the way he can hold on to the ball and buy time and do all the things that he does. So you're not going to be able to replicate what happened in Kansas City. Maybe you can get a piece of, of what happened in Philadelphia. And I, I think that with um, – with the indie job, I understand it. With Arizona, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't get the Arizona one. I guess that is the one that stands out as being the biggest mystery among the head coaching hires because Jonathan Gannon, with due respect, is not an offensive head coach. And so you're, you have a situation now in Arizona, which I find it, it somewhat amusing, 
they're asking Jonathan Gannon if he can do for Kyler Murray what the Eagles did for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So now, think about that. Kyler Murray signed the contract that he did. Jalen Hurts still on his rookie deal. Probably going to get paid this offseason. But in terms of stature, now Jalen Hurts is considered ahead of Kyler Murray. And what can the new head coach and his regime do for the incumbent quarterback to make him as special as Jalen Hurts made the Eagles? It's a good I mean, I, I think it's a legitimate thing to wonder. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I the NFL is crazy hiring you know, cycle, though. It it has been, and it's crazy. But I think the Chiefs, the the Chiefs Association for Eric Bieniemy, ended up being a, a negative rather than a positive because people started to wonder. Well, geez, of course, how much credit does he deserve? It's Patrick Mahomes. Anybody could coach him. Yes, yes, no question about it. Um, and and I do think that's what comes into play with that. I really, you know, I love Ron and I hope that they do well. And I hope Eric Bieniemy does well and kind of ends up getting that job and kind of shows everybody something special. I would love for the commanders to have a dynamic offense next season. And it'd be obvious that there have been schematic changes and in, in gets a lot of the credit that I think it's not always been obvious that he has received in Kansas City. What also is interesting from a Bears perspective, if you want to look at it this way, because everything's through the Bears' prism this offseason, what does that do to the, to the commanders in terms of wanting to go after a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback? Does that add another team to the mix of, of teams, a, a very crowded pool now of teams that may want to draft a quarterback in the first round, no matter where they are, would they move up to be compelled to get either – a Bryce Young, a Will Levis, or a C.J. Stroud. You know what's interesting about that, David, is I think you have to balance a lot of different factors. you got to figure out what the draft um, firepower is, what the money situation is, and what their options are. Because obviously they need a quarterback. If It doesn't matter. It's great to have the coordinator, but it's going to be hard to run – I mean – if I were him, I'd just bring all the plays from Kansas City because that's a volume play. Including book. that Ring Around the Rosie one. Well, that that I would leave. Especially that one. I would definitely I like that bring one. that one. That was, the only, that was the only pass that the quarterback had to throw away in the entire second half. I know. I I'm just, just saying. It's fun, though. That's the only – I went back and watched the Super Bowl, not surprisingly. I threatened to do so. Yeah. And I did go back. I got up very early – on uh, on uh, Saturday morning, and I spent a lot of time. I watched the Rihanna thing, which I wasn't overly impressed with. I just didn't think it was great. But God bless her. She was very pregnant. I just – I think she's got a lot of good songs. I would rather hear, uh, like, four songs than a mishmash of every song she I like the sang. medley. I like the medley yeah, approach. I'm not a medley. I'm not so a did medley you So did you rewatch the Super Bowl before or after you rewatched the celebrity NBA All-Star game? I watched that live. Okay. That's and I got up very early on Saturday and I watched, uh, I, I, you know, I've got a new TV. That wow. I, I know. I know. Birthday I boy know. breaks out the new yeah, TV. Got a new TV. I did not hook it up yet because <laughs> I'm like, and this is just me. Don't tell anyone. But like, I'm half afraid I'll lose everything I've ever recorded. So I wanted to just kind of zip through a lot of stuff. Oh, and oh. and I, I spent a lot of time like rewind or excuse also, me. 
fast forwarding some of, through commercials. some of these new TVs. It's like taking a two hour two hour well, credit it's, course. No, it's to like, be able to to, to hook I mean, them up. It, when I say a new TV, it's a new computer, right? <laughs> yeah, it's right. like it's, I got to I got to figure out how to get it going. Yeah. And you know, you would think one of the kids would just step in and help me since they're much more technologically advanced than mm-hmm. the old man, but. Right. No. I get that. At any rate, um, so I haven't hooked up the new TV, but I want to get through this stuff. And I have all the Super Bowl stuff, and I wanted to fast forward through the pregame, watch the game again. The game is sensational. It's a really good game. And um, it's interesting because there, there were, you know, there were a couple of bad moments for Philadelphia. Other than that, they'd have won the game. Well, the fumble being at the top of the list, well, that, that, that was but, a problem. But I, but mean, I know the, what you mean. The yeah. play before that, the guy jumps off sides, and if he doesn't do that, you know, that, that, that the short yardage play they run is unbelievable. That is huge because every time they get a fourth and inches, a fourth and one, they're adding how many plays, and they're taking away how many opportunities from Patrick Mahomes. We're going it, to address the, uh, the rules change, potential rules change with the quarterback sneak later yeah. this week. Uh, but Sam Howell is the quarterback for the Commanders, and if Eric Bieniemy can do wonders with the Sam Howell, then you see what all the fuss has been about. But I do question whether or not they will go into the season committed to him because of what I said in terms of them pursuing Are they a rookie be sold? in the draft. Doesn't that change? That everything? That could be too. I mean, you, that you, could you, be. If that goes through, then that changes everything in the offseason. Real quickly before we get to a break. I also wanted to get your opinion of what happened in Denver over the weekend, and that was Rex Ryan. Yes, that was Rex wild. Ryan interviewing yeah. for the defensive coordinator spot under Sean Payton, who's trying to put together his dream team coaching staff. Um, I thought that was really interesting. I think that the Buddy Ryan coaching tree um, is kind of stopped a little bit, but I think Rex Ryan would be really interesting as a defensive coordinator for that team. I think Rex Ryan is a good coach. As a, as a head former, coach, he was a great – Former Bears ball boy. Former Bears ball boy. And as a head coach, he was a great defensive coordinator. Well, that's the So truth. that's the thing about him going to Denver, and you would have a situation that would be Sean Payton's in charge of the offense and, and Russell yes. Wilson, which is going to require a, a uh, special his, set of circumstances. Yeah. All and, of his ability. And then Rex Ryan can run the defense, and that could be his team. He, he could be head coach slash defense. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. That that would be a pretty dangerous coaching staff. And you know what? You need it in that division. You need somebody that's not going to be intimidated by Justin Herbert one week, Patrick Mahomes the next. And then you go to Vegas and you might be facing Aaron Rodgers. Can you imagine that division if you're the Denver Broncos? You could be facing that one Hall of Fame quarterback after another if you went from Mahomes to Rodgers, and then, oh, by the way, there's Justin Herbert. Yikes. I love this. There's there's a texter telling me that all of my shows are recorded on my, that I record on my TV are in the cloud. I have nothing to worry about. You know, let me tell you something. All of my secrets are in the cloud, too. So I got to protect that cloud. Old Molly yells at cloud. Uh, I, you know, what kind of TV does a man like Mully buy? I didn't buy it. It was a gift. It was a gift. It was from my bros. You and have the greatest brothers. Yeah, they came and met me in Montreal, and we had a great time, and then they sent me a giant TV that is a pretty costly one. So I don't know. I mean, I, how much How much you're supposed to spend on a TV? I don't know. That, you know, the minute you buy it, it's like a car. 
it's already antiquated, right? It's not like you can keep up with the technology. I mean, when you flip on the remote coming out of the, the warehouse, it just depreciates in value. The one I have right now that there's nothing wrong with, you know, is about seven years old. What are you going to do with it? I don't know. Hmm. I would think. It, th- would it fit in my car? I, you know, I don't know. You want to come over and carry it out? You're you're in. No, I, I think we'll move it to another part of the house. Okay. Problem is, I don't think I have any of those boxes floating around. The West Wing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. But thank you for, for just asking. offering, you yeah. know, just yeah. offering in case I could lift and just yeah. fit in there. Perfect. You know, anyone who lives like, you know, I don't know, near Northwestern, something like that. <laughs> 312-644-6767. We're going to uh we're gonna talk a little uh Dakota. Dakota. And how you um how you somehow figure out a way to get through your uh your your kind of how do you outplay your designation? How do you get under the skin of every fan base in Major League Baseball? <laughs> it's called Dakota. We'll discuss it next. Molly and Hall on the score. But have you seen computer projections about this team? No, I haven't. I heard there, someone told me that we're projected to be under 500. So that's pretty good because we were 500 last year with a team. So I like our chances to be better than their projections this year. Yeah, I've seen anywhere from 74 to 79. And that would fire me up, to be honest with you. Well, in my, in my third year here, they haven't been correct in any of them so far. So uh, hopefully... We make sure they're not correct again, but definitely on the way higher side than whatever they have. <laughs> That's a nice welcome for uh, for Craig Goldstein, the uh, editor in chief of Baseball uh, Prospectus, Mister Picota, and that is the voice, of course, of uh, Lance Lynn, and he's not pleased with the Picota projections, and we're delighted to. Welcome, Craig, to the program. All guests appear on the SCORE hotline presented to you by Soda Weight Loss. Visit SodaWeightLoss.com. That's S-O-T-A. Craig, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. A little, I hadn't heard the quote, so maybe a little less well than, than a minute ago. But, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're staggering through. Well, yeah, I'm sure you'll recover. Um, so, Pakoda, player empirical comparison and optimization test algorithm is uh, <laughs> is your way, a proprietary system that you can make these projections. And, you know, frankly, no surprise that the White Sox aren't highly thought of after last year and after uh, some of the uh, performances over the last couple years. You know, and but he's right. Like a lot of teams – can change the way you look at them over the course of a baseball season. But I think it's a great value, the work you guys do, projecting where these teams are going to be. Well, well, thank you. Yeah, and and I, I also, I, I think I said this after uh, the guys over on the Cubs side of things had some comments about Pocota, but like I think David Ross said, you know, it doesn't matter to them. It shouldn't matter to them. Uh, they're, they're on the field. They're tasked with with winning games, and and what we anticipate, what our expectations, they should always be seeking to defy them, right? I mean, you had you have the and and you see this play out. You had the Chiefs saying nobody believed in us. Okay, guys, settle down, right? It's it's everyone believed in the Chiefs before the season started. It's a little bit different for the White Sox, but I don't think that they need to they need to care what we project. They just need to go out and and do their business and. A lot of it is, uh, you know, we saw last year 
what played out with guys. We actually, our, our projection last year for the White Sox was quite good, but for all their top-line talent, uh, their guys weren't healthy, and the guys who had to fill in for those top-line talent guys uh, really struggled quite a bit. Craig, I think it's a great conversation starter because it's a basis like, okay, what do you think? Well, what do they think? And you have definitely a, a method here that is respected. And so 78 victories for the White Sox or 77.7 and 77 for the Cubs below 500. So it's not a lot to look forward to. But my question would be, if that isn't surprising to people in Chicago because of you know, what we expect out of both teams, was there any projection that surprised you that you thought, well, that's either way too high or way too low? Yeah, I, I actually think the Central has, has a few interesting projections in that we have the Twins and the Guardians basically locked uh, as even 88 wins uh, atop the AL Central right now. Uh, I will note that we have the, the White Sox up about a win. They're over 79 in our most recent run today. Uh, that reflects the Elvis Andrews signing and, and some of his point in time. So a, a little bit of movement there. But I, I think the Twins and the Guardians being tied, given how bad the Twins uh, had things last year, again, injuries on their part as well, but how injury-prone their, their team is, obviously retaining Carlos Correa goes a long way for that. But I, I was a little bit surprised to see them neck and neck uh, in, in the Central for sure. And, and you know – Anybody that's ever been to the racetrack understands how past performance helps predict a future result, and that's part of reading the form, for God's sake. And that's essentially what you're doing. You're reading the form of these players from one year to the next, and you're making a projection based on the collective performance of the group. It seems perfectly logical and reasonable and then the the idea that, well, you know, the projection was wrong or they outplayed the projection. Well, you know, that's called that's called the change. It's just a prediction based on past performance. Yeah, right. No, that, that's 100 percent correct. And it is a lot of it's doing a lot of uh, via a formula, uh, via a, a, a model. What we do mentally, like you're saying, if you're at, if you're at the racetrack and you look at a performance, you also kind of care more about the most recent performance than you do one further back. Uh, but you mentally kind of calculate some, some weight for all of those. Well, that's what Pakoda does with player seasons, right? And, and it does, it says it takes the most recent one and that matters the most. But if you have a really bad most recent season after having four straight good seasons, it's not going to forget about those four good ones just because of the one bad one. Uh, you know, this is all kind of glossing over a lot of details, and it depends on the inputs, right? Did your strikeout rate, uh, if you're a hitter, go way, way up? Well, that might be concerning. If, if you're not missing bats as a pitcher, that might be more concerning than, for example, bad luck on, on batting, uh, batting average on balls in play or, or something like that. But then it takes it takes the projection for every single player adds them up, and, and then we run simulations. We factor in the park factors, the schedule. You know, we've got a new balanced schedule this year. All of that gets cooked into these projections, and then we run them a thousand times per night. That's why I'm quoting a different one than you had. You're looking at one from, you know, maybe a day or two ago. We, we rerun those simulations every night um, and, and post new standings every morning. So, Craig, help me understand more where you are with the Cubs in the projected as of our last reading, 77 victories. I, I know so much of this is based on past performance, and you look at how many 
proven major leaguers they have brought into camp. They're a different team this year. And I think that 77 seems fair to me. But then when you factor in all these individual pasts and the backs of their baseball cards look really impressive from Cody Bellinger to Trey Mancini and Hosmer and the list goes on. How did you arrive at 77, do you think, given how many individuals have had past success? Yeah, so I, I think someone like Cody Bellinger is really interesting in this regard because the further we get from his good seasons, the less they're going to factor into that projection, right? And he's he's really struggled at the plate over the last few years, and I, his projection is not particularly good. So while he is a very good defender and we rate his, his uh, defense pretty well, uh, it's it's not really a strong strong projection overall for him as a player, and you know that's something that it's still an improvement I think over over what they could have had or if they didn't find a center fielder. You know he's he's definitely an improvement, but when you look at uh, the Cubs from last year, I think what 74 wins, right? And I know people look at this projection and say, geez, 76, 77 wins, only two wins better despite adding all these guys. I, I do want to make clear, we're not projecting it base. You know, last year is not our baseline. Our baseline is we project every single player that we have getting playing time on the roster, how and, and we project their, their overall contribution. We prorate it by how much they're going to, we anticipate they're going to play. We're always going to be wrong about that in some capacity, but we, we prorate it based on that. And then you, you essentially add it all up. And so we're not going based off of 74 wins. And, and it, it's one of those things where you're adding, okay, Tucker Barnhart, you're adding Cody Bellinger. Those guys, they're not bad, especially defensively, but they don't have great projections overall. And Barnhart's you know, position or him and Jan Gomes splitting time where Wilson Contreras was, that's a net loss. Obviously, you get a big gain with, with Dancy Swanson coming in at shortstop. And I can see what the Cubs are doing they're they're building their team defensively middle out right they're they're that's a that's a long long time scouting uh, approach of you want your defense to be solid from the middle you know from from the middle of the diamond out and that's what they're doing i'm interested to kind of see how it plays out but i also kind of understand where the projections coming from and saying yeah these are interesting moves but they're not really moving the needle a ton greg i find that fascinating when we when we look, you mentioned the, the balance of the schedule now, and, I mean, obviously both sides of town here in Chicago, uh, that will damage them. You're, there's fewer games against bad division opponents. Um, but I'm wondering, when you think about the new rules and the rule changes, we spoke to Theo, um, it seems as if exactly what you're saying. Have, and, and obviously the, uh, the, the Picota responded to the idea that you now will have two shortstops playing the infield on the south side, and obviously that's what the Cubs are doing as well. Um, yeah. How how difficult is it to to use that information without seeing the impact of it yet in terms of your formula? Yeah, it's really tough. And and to be quite frank, we we just didn't touch certain aspects of it. The the one that we really focused on was the the pitcher pickoff rule because we had data at AAA that allowed us to kind of adjust our projections for stolen bases uh and and that impacts our we project base running runs and things like that. So that that was impacted by these rules in terms of the shift. Uh we mostly what we've done in the past have has been 
to use the prior year's kind of offensive run environment and things like that. And the reality is we just don't know how the, how the shift is going, the, the banning of the shift is going to impact things. It wasn't easily portable from the minor leagues because of, of just the different kind of ways that they approach using the shift down there. It's not used at all the time. Uh, there, uh, in, in general, it's a development, you know, they want to win, but it's still a develop, de- excuse me, developmental focus. And so it, it wasn't easy to kind of port that that impact over to the major leagues and how it might be affected. And we also want to point out that even with the shift ban in place, you you can still play a shortstop essentially behind the bag, right? They're, they just can't be across the bag. You can still be behind the bag where a lot of hits are taken away. The positioning of these players is still going to be aggressive defensively. Now, will range matter at second base? Do I think – Nico Horner, playing, who was a good shortstop, playing second base with Dansby Swanson, who we just unveiled a new uh, defensive metric. Uh, Swanson was the second-best shortstop in baseball last year by that metric. Do I think that matters? I, I absolutely think that matters in getting the range of Horner at second base. But we weren't really able to project that, and we're just going to have to kind of see how it plays out. And I do think there are specific players that will benefit from, uh, from that change uh, offensively that that we haven't necessarily incorporated into the projection, but we just really weren't able to do it in a nuanced and kind of elegant way that didn't, you know, kind of risk upsetting the apple cart elsewhere. Hey, great stuff, Greg. Really appreciate your time. He is the, the editor-in-chief of Baseball Perspectives, and, of course, they give us Pakoda, Craig Goldstein. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yep. That is fascinating. You know what's great about that is uh, you learn that Elvis Andrews gives you another win or two. Gave you another win. Come on, 79? So Get out of here. How does that affect his war? Huh. Huh. What is it good for? I don't know. Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. No, no, it's good. It's good stuff. I, that was really fun. We're going to bring in uh, Charlie Romeliotis next. We'll talk to him about the uh, the emotional response from Patrick Kane to his uh, – to his, uh, Hat trick, at least the one David saw. And uh, we'll ask him about the Jonathan Tays news and how that uh, damages the team and what we should feel about the player himself. Talk more hockey. Don't talk hockey. You don't know. Talk more hockey. You're not talking hockey. We're talking hockey next. And then the next next email is, stop talking hockey. You don't know hockey. (laughs) Okay. That's the joke. We got Charlie next. Molly and Hans. As they say in hockey... Let's do that hockey. Obviously, we're supporting him and uh, and what he has going on, and just uh, you know hoping he gets better. Um, you know, there's definitely been flashes this year where he feels good, and you can see it on the ice. And uh, yeah, we're with him, so um, we're supporting him, and we let him know that. And uh, hopefully, he does what he have to, has to to you know feel better and uh, uh, be able to play the way he wants. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy, the score. That is the voice of Patrick Kane, and he's talking about Jonathan Taves, who is uh, who is now away from the team and will not be back. The captain has uh, released a statement saying the last couple of weeks, because he is dealing with symptoms of long COVID and chronic immune response syndrome, uh, he is uh, taking a step back to deal with his health, and we all wish him the best. We're delighted to welcome in Charlie Romelli Otis, he, of course, Blackhawks reporter for NBC Sports Chicago and a friend of the program, and he joins us, uh, as all guests do, on the SCORE hotline, which is presented by Soda Weight Loss. 
Visit SotaWeightLoss.com. That's S-O-T-A. Charlie, good morning. How are you? Good morning. What's going on, gentlemen? Well, you know, obviously there's there's a lot going on with the Blackhawks. David was out there <laughs> yesterday and saw the Kaner show, um, and then we just played that cut. You know, you feel awful for Jonathan Taves because he's been unwell for a while now, right? I mean, it's it's not just – I know he's come back and he's tried hard, and but it's just this has dogged him for a while, and you hope he can get over it. Yeah, for sure. And obviously with the trade deadline uh, less than two weeks away, it feels like that was at the forefront of a lot of people's minds is what's going to happen with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. And then you hear what, what Jonathan Taves is having to kind of go through again. I mean, now now the thought is, one, you hope that he's okay. And, yeah. and two, like, you just want to be able to for, for him to play again, right? Like, I, I don't know. I know that Kyle Davidson talked before the game last night, and he said that they were hopeful that he will. Um, and it, it sounds like Jonathan is also uh, planning to play again this year. But you just you just hope that he can get to a level again or get to a, me- a spot mentally and physically that he can return at some point this season. So, Charlie, I was out there with my son last night watching the Hawks beat the Leafs, and Patrick Kane had a hat trick, obviously. Five goals in two games. It was a vintage performance, and he's red hot. Question is, obviously, the trade partners potentially are dwindling when you see the Leafs made a deal for O'Reilly and you see the Rangers have their guy. How many teams are left that he might approve a trade to? And in an indirect way, is anything related to the Jonathan Taze news potentially affecting Patrick Kane's state of mind? Because we saw last night, and you have heard him on a couple occasions, very emotional as these days kind of get closer to the deadline. Yeah, I remember interviewing uh, Jonathan and, and uh, Pat interviewed Patrick uh, in January. And we, we've kind of asked them both whether what whatever one decides to do, does that impact the other? Um, and it sounds like obviously they kind of bounce ideas back and forth. Hey, what are you thinking? What am I thinking? But I don't think it, it has a, uh, a direct impact on what Patrick might do ahead of this trade deadline. Like I think his situation is – um, a little bit different, but you do bring up a good point. Like you're, we're obviously less than two weeks aw- away from the deadline, and some of these teams that could potentially have been on Patrick Kane's radar um, already made their significant moves. Obviously, with the New York Rangers and acquiring Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, Kane was very outspoken about how that trade made him feel. Uh, he, he felt a little bit less uh, of a strong response after he was asked last night about the Ryan O'Reilly trade, thinking like, "Oh yeah, that." can't listen to all those rumors out there, but you had to wonder how, if Toronto would have been high on his list. Um, so the fact that, like, I guess my biggest question for Kane is, let's just say uh, New York and, and Toronto were high up there on his list. Are, are his options C and D, are, are those appealing to him, or, or would he want to continue the season in Chicago and just figure it out in the summer? I'm still leaning towards he's going to get moved but before the trade deadline. The, the two teams that really come to mind for me is Dallas and Vegas. Um, from a fit per- perspective, from a financial perspective, the one uh, complication with from Dallas's point of view is they don't have a first round pick this year. So if the Blackhawks were to try to swing a deal with them, uh, they would have to try to navigate it without having that first round pick. Yeah, that, you know it's fascinating because I think there are teams, but he controls the whole thing. You know, it, if he wants to leave, he leaves. If he doesn't want to, if he doesn't like the move, I mean. How many guys want to go to Edmonton, right? If something like that came up, he could just say no. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and he holds all the cards. Like, I remember last year, Claude Giroux went through this situation with Philadelphia, and he, he gave the Flyers one team. He said, I want to go to Florida. And it, it really impacted the leverage that Philadelphia could get in return, right? So if Kane decides, hey, I just want to go to this team, well, then there really isn't a, a, a sort of a bidding war or, or teams being pit against each other to kind of enhance the package. Now, you hope that this weekend has really uh, been an eye-opener for some teams that maybe – a lot has been made about Patrick Kane's nagging hip injury over the years, and I think, I think it's been a little bit overblown this year. Um, because of his low production, but I think this was more of a statement weekend for Kane saying, I'm, I'm feeling just fine, and it's not as serious as teams are making it out to be. So maybe there are going to be teams that jump back into this thing. And I think he would love the idea of playing on the same line as Connor McDavid. My goodness sakes, that might be enough to compel him to say, yeah, I'll go to Edmonton, I'll play there. You wonder what the option would be. Okay, Charlie, we're, we're up against the clock, but if you had to – Yes, and I know Patrick Kane doesn't want to listen to his gut because it's very conflicting, but what does your gut tell you? Will Patrick Kane still be a member of the Blackhawks after the deadline? Uh, I'm going to say no, um, and, I, and I think the one team that I, I see the, the fit is, is Vegas, who ironically is in town tomorrow night in Chicago. Uh, I think that's a team where he played with Jack Eichel at the BioSteel camp before training camp, so he kind of knows. Uh, but it's also like a spotlight stage. He, he can he can go out and play with Jack Eichel, and he can immediately be the the kind of the game breaker that Vegas is is lacking. So uh, I'm going to say no, and I think my prediction is Vegas. Charlie, thank you, buddy. Always a joy. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Charlie Rumeliotis from NBC Sports. He does Chicago. a terrific job. He's a great. He's dude. plugged in, yeah. and I think that's an interesting prediction. And you know what? I like that he has the guts to make it and name the team. You know, he's he's thought it through, and he, that's what he believes. And it's God a good bless. prediction. I because agree. I would say I would think Edmonton. Wouldn't you go to Vegas? Well, yes. I would not go to Edmonton Just, if I were him. But you know, Molly, from a I city know standpoint, from yeah. But the thing is, is that they are talented underachieving so far, but they are talented. I would go to or Edmonton or Colorado. You know what's interesting? Is didn't Shelley tell us that no one wants to play in Edmonton? Duncan Keith lasted a year Winnipeg. there. All right. All right. All right. But I, they have they have the, the most talented player oh, in the I know. world. I know. So I think that would be they always have. a lure. They've always seemed to have that. They always seem to have that. <laughs> All right. We've got uh we got Chuck Garfine is gonna join us next. We'll uh We'll talk to him from Sox Camp. Always good to uh, to get Chuck's opinion on some stuff and what he's seeing and uh, what he's hearing. We'll talk to Chuck Garfine, Molly and Hall on the score. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.